0: Good evening. Welcome to our services tonight. I too am especially glad to see you. I'm glad you're here. I uh, know that you had a good time and we have enjoyed the day, and we look forward to continuing our study of the birth of our Lord. I would like to offer a review of this morning, but quite frankly, I don't have the time. So I hope you were here this morning. If you weren't and you desire to know about the morning discussion, I know we have recorded it. It's available. All you have to do is ask Joy or one of these guys that knows how to work that system back there and they can produce it for you so you can have it. But as we continue on, we ended up, Jesus is now born. He's in a manger. He's in Bethlehem. Beginning in Luke 2 verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, how many shepherds were there? We don't know. We're not told how many shepherds there were. We're not told much about any of these gentlemen other than who they are and what they're doing. We do know from history that... uh, Shepherds weren't in the fields tending their flocks in the middle of winter. This goes back to the time that these events occurred, and I mentioned this morning that we would look at that. It wasn't December 25th. Jerusalem is on about the same latitude as Denver, Colorado. Altitude is probably a little more than Denver. So if it took place on December 25th, it would have been a very cold time of year There wouldn't be any shepherds with flocks in the field because all the grass would be dead and there wouldn't be anything for them to eat. They would be pinned up and taken care of in their pens or barns or whatever. But nevertheless, we know that they're out there in the field. They're taking care of the the sheep. (coughs) If you know anything about shepherds, you know that they stink. If you've ever been around sheep for very long, you can attest to that if you haven't take my word for it sheep stink especially at the end of the winter when they've grown out their wool as they as a protection from the cold and shepherds at this time typically spent a lot of time out in the field it wasn't one of those things where they would just go out once a day and check on them or go out at night to Keep watch over them. They were there with them 24-7 for an extended period of time. Days, weeks, months, we really don't know, but a long time. These men would have been not the most desirable people to invite to a dinner party, probably, at this point. They're going to smell bad. They're going to look bad. They're not going to be typically... uh, the kind of people that a lot of folks would associate with as uh, well-groomed. So that's who they are, that's where they are. And as I said, we don't know how many of them there are. <clears throat> Another aspect of this relationship, probably most of these gentlemen are hired to do this job. The owners of the flocks typically hired in to take care of them, and. Uh, they could have been their own flocks. We don't know for sure, but it was not unusual for owners of flocks uh, of sheep to hire shepherds to care for them. So they're out there at night. What time of night? We really don't know. However, I think we'll see as the story unfolds. It's probably pretty early in the evening. It's not like it's deep nights. They wouldn't be keeping watch. Well, i guess they could keep watch but the flocks would be bedded down for the night it'd be a little easier if it wasn't pretty early in the evening but at any point verse nine and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid well what do you think is going to be happening if you're out there in the field in the middle of nowhere you've been doing this job all your life and now the angel of the lord is there before you. I really don't know how I would react if one of God's angels appeared before me. I have no clue. I don't think any of us really do. But these men are afraid that in addition to the angel of the Lord appearing before them, what does it say here? And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Can you imagine that? The glory of the Lord, that light that God would create around these men out in the field would be probably almost blinding. I mean, it would radiate out forever. It would make such an impact on you that I don't know how you would react. Fall down on your knees, bow to the ground, I don't know what you do, but it would be a very dramatic occurrence in your life if that happened to you. And I'm quite sure it was... The same with these men. Verse 10 And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Well, it kind of puts a little different light on it, doesn't it? No longer are they thinking, What have I done wrong? They're thinking, Hallelujah. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. You know, God could have delivered this message to anybody. Jerusalem is full of God's people. Bethlehem, because of the time of year, is full of practicing Jews. But he's delivering it to a group of men, shepherds, out in the field, tending their flocks. I think we'll see why that happened a little later on. Verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This heavenly host now singing and praising god can you imagine that that host of angels that stand before god and sing songs of praise and glory to him continually at his throne god has dispatched how many of them who knows i'm sure he didn't dispatch all of them or the heavens would have been completely full of them but that has got to have been a chorus that was unbelievable And these men are blessed with the glory of God around them, with the angel talking to them, and now they're hearing God's angelic choir sing to them, wow, that's got to be a very impressive thing that these men will never forget, never. Now there's another point here that we need to look at. Verse 14, peace, goodwill toward men this is another one of those spots in the bible that people have used to challenge the authority the validity the truthfulness the accuracy of scripture because they say look it says peace we haven't had peace we never had peace there's always wars men are fighting all the time there's always evil going on and bad things happening, and all this kind of stuff there's never been peace this is not a true statement no, that's not the kind of peace he's talking about. For the first time since God created man, it's going to be possible for mankind to have peace with God because of Jesus. And that's what he's talking about. Jesus is going to die for our sins. He's going to die for the sins of these shepherds. He's going to die for the sins of all mankind. And for those who obey the gospel and come to him, they're going to have peace because they are now reconciled to God. They have no more fear. They have no more concern. Their soul salvation has been secured by this very baby. And now laying in a manger in a stable in bethlehem that's the peace we're talking about peace with god not peace between men that's never happened never will happen remember that if somebody challenges you with that argument verse 15 and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into the heaven the shepherds said one to another let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. Will you think? What would you do? I mean, I'd be getting on my horse or my donkey or if I don't have one, I'd be running. I'd be getting there as quick as I could. And they came with haste. I'm sure they did. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. They're telling everybody, just as you and I would. You would be so excited, so ecstatic, so overwhelmed that you wouldn't be able to contain yourself. You'd be shouting it from the rooftops. You'd want everybody you see to know what has just happened. You would be exclaiming it to everyone you meet. And remember, Bethlehem is full of people right now. There are hundreds, probably thousands of folks there. There are priests and scribes and Pharisees, rich, poor, rulers, government officials, army officers. You know who else is probably there? Joseph's family. Thought about that? You see, Joseph is of the household of David. That means his family is also of that house, which means they're probably there. Are Mary's family there? We don't know, but it's a good possibility they are. We know that when it came time for Joseph and Mary to travel from Nazareth up to Bethlehem to pay their taxes, None of those family members went with them, even though she was nine months pregnant, and it was not an easy journey. Obviously, the story that Joseph and Mary were telling all their family, uh, yeah, that wasn't being accepted very well, was it? There wasn't any of them rushing down there at the stable to see this child that was born. They had heard it before. They didn't need to go. Obviously, nobody else needed to go either because we don't read where anybody went down to the stable to see the Messiah, the child they had been waiting on to be born for their entire lives, for centuries. And it's here, and they don't even bother to go check it out. Yeah, the shepherds told them all. They shouted it from the rooftops they let everybody know verse 18 and all they that heard it wondered at those things which are told them by the shepherds yeah well okay what do you say we we're doing tonight you know these people it's as i said it's not late at night they're out on the streets they're out in the community they're all doing what you would do if you have now assembled with a Massive group of people that are really all your family because they're all descendants of David Maybe you hadn't seen some of them in years and years, but now you're there But none of them chose to go down and check out the things these shepherds were saying Kind of indicative of people today, isn't it? If your heart's not right, you're not going to believe Jesus is the Son of God You're not going to accept that Brethren, these people here at this time in this place, although you know that a number of them know what the prophets have had to say, they know what's been revealed by all these prophets down through time about the Messiah, and yet none of them are motivated by that information and that knowledge to accept it. They reject it and they ignored it verse 19 but mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising god for all the things that they had heard and seen <coughs> excuse me as it was told unto them so the shepherds did their job they informed everybody they came in contact with what had happened Nobody accepted it. As I said, not indicative of what's going to go on throughout most of Jesus' ministry. He he converts a few, and there's going to be a few that are going to follow him all the way to the cross. The majority of people, just like today, don't accept it. They didn't accept it when he was born. They didn't accept it when he died. And they don't accept it now. Your heart has to be right with God to accept all the blessings God has delivered unto us. Verse 21, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. If you remember on our... Uh, morning discussion we had a map up there that showed you this journey it is not a journey that they're making in one day this is a multi-day trip uh, with a baby and a young mother that has you know a couple of months removed from childbirth she is uh you know it's not going real fast but they're there as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This was the sacrifice of poor people. Those two turtle doves or young pigeons could probably be bought by Joseph for a penny, maybe two. They probably didn't try to take them with them from Bethlehem because the journey was multi-days. And how are they going to take care of them and keep them? It'd be much easier to just wait till you get there and buy them. But that's the sacrifice they offered. Now, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And the same man was just and about waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. What does consolation mean? Everybody got that in their mind? It kind of means solace, comfort, deliverance, exhortation. Simeon has been waiting for this for a long time. Verse 26, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he knew it was going to happen one day. He knew he was going to be able to see the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He knew exactly who this baby was, didn't he? He knew he was there. He knew who he was holding in his hands. He had been waiting for this all his life, and now it happened. And now he's ready to go. He's seen the salvation of Israel. Verse 32, 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. All people. He goes on and defines that even a little better in 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. He knew what Jesus was going to do. He knew that he was not only going to save the Jews, he was going to save the Gentiles. That's you and I. Simeon knew this. He knew what the Messiah was about. He knew what the Son of God was about. He knew all of these things. And he now saw it. He realized that he was very blessed continuing 36 and there was one anna a prophetess the daughter of fennel of the tribe of Asher. she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity and she was a widow of about four score and four years that's 84 years she's been a widow 84 years after living with her husband for seven years now i don't know when she got married the custom of that day was the The young ladies were 12 to 15, somewhere in that age frame. Whatever it was, Anna is well over 100. She has been serving God with fasting and prayers, night and day, never departing from the temple for decades. She's been there, waiting for this event. And she came in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She knew what was happening. She knew who this child was. And now she's telling everybody about it, just like Simeon did. told everybody about it. She's letting people know this is who this child is. I've been waiting for this event all my life. More than a hundred years old. These people had to know who she was. She's always there. Verse 39. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. Nobody made any particular stir about it other than Anna and Simeon. Everybody else just heard it and went on about their way. Now Mary and Joseph are headed back. They're going down to Nazareth, their hometown. They're going to show the baby to their families, I'm sure, and take a break from their travels. You know, they've been on the road a lot. It's going to be another few more days before they get back to Bethlehem. So they're at Nazareth and stopping off for the family and friends, as we would do today. But let's look at Matthew 2 and 1. There's some other things going on about this same time now when jesus was born in bethlehem of judea in the days of Herod the king behold there came wise men from the east to jerusalem how many wise men came i know that we're told all of our lives it was three It's meant to you it was not three. Three comes from the gifts that were delivered. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We don't really know how many wise men came. But we do know this. They are rich and important men. My guess is that there's probably a lot more than three of them. How many, I don't know. Another thing you can consider, they have been traveling for... A year maybe longer to get to Jerusalem from where they were now I'm sure part of that time is they were collecting their supplies laying out their plans or gathering together as a group uh, and then they're making the journey to Jerusalem but these men because of their status and their wealth, and the riches they're carrying are going to have to have somebody to protect them. So not only do they have servants traveling with them, they have some kind of armed security that's got to travel with them, or they would never get there. Because so they're going to go through some pretty rough country over the next few months or year or however long they travel, and they've got to have protection or they'll never make it. We also know this. When they got to Jerusalem, they created quite a stir, didn't they? As they come into town, they're noticed. And Jerusalem is a big city. It's a big city even compared to cities today here. But at that time, it was one of maybe the largest city in the area. That's where the king lives. That's where all the powers of government are. And they come riding into town with their entourage and everybody notices nobody misses this and I don't know what that means maybe it means we're oh an amber alert okay Well, yep. I hope they solve that but everybody noticed when they got there and what are they doing they're saying Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now these men have come from a long way off. How in the world would they know to be looking for what's referred to many times today as the star of Bethlehem? Why would they even be thinking about that? This isn't their appointed thing to do. Why would they even know about it? They're not Jews. Let me give you something to ponder. You know, when Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem, he took back with him the youngest and brightest of that community. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and others. You know, Nebuchadnezzar did that same, he conquered the entire world. He did exactly the same thing in every country he conquered. He brought back the brightest, the smartest, the best of all those different nations for them to serve him and his court. Daniel, of course, we know from history, became the chief of all those wise men and if you recall it was revealed to him more than once several times numerous times visions prophecies ideas God blessed him with lots of information that only God could have given him some of that information concerned the birth Of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And these men that had become his friends, trusted him, believed him, and believed on his God would have been aware of these prophecies. And then when Darius released them all and sent everybody back home to their home countries, they would have gone back to wherever they came from. Now it's been hundreds of years since that happened. Maybe almost a thousand years since that happened. Those men passed down those stories to their descendants from generation to generation to generation so that they still had wise men looking for that sign, that Star of Bethlehem, that would signal when the Savior of the world was born. And they saw it, they knew exactly what it meant, and they started making their plans to go there and worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's how they knew to go. And now they're there. And they've announced it to the world, the reason they're there verse 3 when herod the king had heard these things he was troubled and all jerusalem with him and he went and he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together he demanded of them where christ should be born and they said unto him in bethlehem of judea for thus it is written by the prophet and now bethlehem in the land of judah are not the least among the princes of Judah for out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel verse 7 and when then Herod when he had privately called in the wise men inquired of them diligently what time the star appears and we'll see how he interpreted that to be about two years ago here in a little bit but he now knows approximately when the star appeared so he knows approximately when the child was born verse 8 and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search diligently for the young child and when ye have found him bring me word again that I may come and worship him also and when they had heard the king they departed and lo the star which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. So that same star has now guided them directly to Jesus. And now they're there. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come unto the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. A couple of things to notice here. They're in a house. They're not in a manger. Jesus is referred to now as a young child, not as a baby. Remember that when you see the nativity scenes we see all over town. Jesus is a young child at this point. They're living in a house. They're in Bethlehem. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we don't know how much of these riches they bestowed upon Jesus and his family. But we'll talk about that here in a little bit they've come they've made this long arduous journey to worship the Savior of the world the Son of God they've done that and they're headed back verse 12 and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed into their own country another way and when they were departed behold the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. So you see, God used these wise men that traveled all this distance to give these valuable gifts to jesus which joseph now uses to finance their trip to egypt and to support them while they're there which is going to be about four years god is miraculous in all he does and he has not only provided all those things we've seen take place so far Now he has provided the funds for them to make a very long journey to live there as long as they need to and to get back. Matthew 2 and 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was honked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth. And set forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and younger, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. That's how he come up with approximately two years. Now I don't know how long these wise men are on the road, but it was a long time. But it's been about two years because they reported that. They, they didn't know any better. He wouldn't know when he was born. when they saw the story, they told him. And now he knows the approximate date. So he sends his troops and notice this: slew all the children. They didn't differentiate between boys and girls. All they were there for was to kill every kid they could find that looked like they might be two years old or younger and I don't suspect they were looking for birth certificates to find out how old they were either were they if you were a small statue five-year-old you're probably dead hundreds and hundreds of children slaughtered by Harry and his troops and what do you think the parents were doing when this was taking place I don't think you had many mamas and daddies just saying, here, take my son, don't bother me, just go, chop his head off. I don't care. I don't think that's happening. I think there are lots of parents dying too. Those that aren't dying are probably being maimed, having their arms cut off, their legs cut off. This is a terrible event that's happened. And Herod brought all this about, because Herod was a terrible man. He was evil he even killed his own sons but this again is one of those things that those who reject the word of god will tell you did not happen and as i mentioned this morning this book is not a book of history and it's not a book of science but if it's in here it's true and you can believe it the problem was There's no written record of this event occurring in the Chronicles of Herod. It's been researched. It's not there. So they should be able to find evidence of that in the plains around Bethlehem. Well, guess what? It's been in the last five or six years they have found the graveyard for these children. They've unearthed hundreds of those little sarcophaguses, whatever you call them, that have hundreds of young children and babies in them. This event happened, and now the world agrees that it happened. You can't hardly refute a cemetery that's basically full of hundreds of babies. That doesn't happen naturally. Yet, there it is, and we now know that archaeology invariably proves the validity of the bible science proves the validity of the bible just takes time for man to finally do what they need to do to prove it but that evidence is there now matthew 2 and 17 then was fulfilled that which was spoken of by jeremiah the prophet In Ramah, there will be a voice heard of lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. We don't know how big an area Herod chose to slaughter kids. It says all the coasts thereof from Bethlehem will. If he took a swath from the Sea of Galilee all the way down to the Mediterranean, It would have been thousands, maybe tens of thousands. I don't know. It would have been a lot. But that wouldn't be unusual for Herod. He wouldn't think anything about it. He'd probably throw a big party that night and celebrate. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream unto Joseph in Egypt. And, of course, if you read the rest of this chapter, you're going to see that he told Joseph, "It's now time to go home. But he appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, you know, Archinius, if I'm pronouncing his name right, the son of Herod is now on the throne. Don't go back to Bethlehem. Go back home to Nazareth, which again fulfills another prophecy because that's where Jesus is going to grow up, where his family is. They went back home to their family, to their roots and jesus will be called a nazarene because that's where he grows up this concludes my discussion about the birth of christ i hope you've enjoyed it i hope you have maybe gained a little insight about some things that you didn't have before certainly hasn't been pointed at conversion but as always we're always here the water's always ready you have decided to become a child of God. There's no better time than now to do that. Or if we can assist you or help you in any way, we invite you to come as we stand and sing. Oh, do not let the word depart heart and, heart and heart. close and thine eyes face against face the light. Of Hard not your heart. He said, "Oh, tonight, why?"